Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fire It Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are another showdown between Brady and Rogers, this time on the golf course. The Stanley Cup Finals are getting just getting started. The Seattle Kraken have found their new head coach, Trey Young out. No problem for the Hawks. The NBA Conference Finals just getting interesting. New coaches hired in the NBA. Good hire or bad hire? July 4th is just around the corner. Time for some fun, fireworks, and hot dogs. And finally, we wrap up with our blazing bets of the week. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night. Back at you live from Matt's basement. Um, like Colton said, we're going to start with the match. You know, this they're shaking it up a little bit this year. We got Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady teamed up against Aaron Rodgers and uh, DeChambeau. Um, I wouldn't really say uh, the old guys against the young guys because Aaron's no spring chicken either. But uh, definitely the you know the old guard, so to speak, with um, Phil Mickelson and, and uh, Tom Brady on one side. Um, Matt, give me your thoughts on the match this year. How you think this is going to shake out? Yeah, I don't think it's quite as interesting as last year, you know, when they pitted uh, Mickelson against Tiger with uh, Peyton Manning and Brady on the other side. But mm -hmm. So, you know, this year, I guess you, Mickelson and uh, Brady, they, they've done this before, so they do have a little bit of advantage there that, you know, they played together last year. They know each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that could help here. But, you know, I've, I've been looking at this, and uh, I found out that Aaron Rodgers, every year, he actually plays in the, uh, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So mm -hmm. he, he's actually got a lot of experience playing with these professional golfers and getting out there. And they say he's a really good golfer. So I, I think that, and with the fact that this is just an exhibition, I think DeChambeau will play a little looser than he has been. I, he hasn't played great in his tournament play this year, but I, I think he's just he, he's been too much in his head. So I think he'll be able to get out of his head a little bit, have a little fun. And I, I think DeChambeau and uh, Rogers are, are going to take this thing. I think Kepka's been in his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, you know, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, unless, yeah, this is for fun. It's for charity and stuff. But let's not forget Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are fierce competitors. Absolutely. You know, they want to win. Right. Um, they don't like to lose at anything. And to go along kind of with Matt said, Rogers, they're putting his handicap at a 4.6 right now. I guess it's been as low as in the mid threes. So, um, and, and Tom Brady, they, they got him set at 8.1. So, you know, a couple strokes there, advantage right off the bat. Um, you know, the, it, Colton, you may, you may um, enlighten us a little bit, but uh, what I looked at is both players hit their tee shot. They hit a tee shot. The pros back from their, you know, the, the tee box farther back, and then, and then the QBs up a little farther up, and then uh, they decide which of those they're going to take. And then they alternate shots from there on out until the ball's in the hole. So, mm, yeah. you know, and it's it's straight up, you know, whoever wins the hole. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a great format. It's entertaining. You know, there's going to be the live um, interaction going on with the live mics and stuff again like we've seen in the past. Um, Terry, what's your thoughts on this match coming up? Well, I was, I was doing – I was checking it out beforehand and uh, – it, last year, I know they, you know, they raised the money for COVID and everything. The twenty, I think it was twenty million dollars or mm -hmm. whatever. And uh, I just think that 
it, the format it got changed, didn't it, from from last year? Or um, did, I think did, did I think the format's it? somewhat somewhat the same. It's just the the charity now. You know, like like you said, it, it was a lot of you know COVID related stuff last year, but this year it's strictly, I believe, feeding feeding America okay. is where all the money that's is, the main is, one is being yeah. funneled to. So. Sure. Are they in Montana? Is that where? Yeah, and they're they're out in Big Sky, Big Montana, Sky. Um, Moonlight, at, Basin. At Moonlight Basin Ranch, which actually I looked up is actually a Jack Nicholas design it course. Sure is. So, um, and I guess I guess the views and the and it just absolutely oh beautiful. they said it's one of the most scenic courses in the world yeah really. i guess i guess from like you know the first tee box you can see you know the whole golf course from the first tee box and then you can also see in the background the rocky mountains yeah. um so cool. it, you know if nothing else it's going to be you know a beautiful scenery you know nice place to to, to kind of kind of watch um from an from an entertainment standpoint though do you think it would have been better if it would have been like kept not kept good i i think so i mean you can always you know get, i just think phil's kind of a staple in yeah, this thing yeah, really i mean they're yeah. kind of what started it, he's so. kind of the one that yeah it was you know because when, when this whole thing started it was a one-on-one match and between tiger, mickelson yep. and tiger and, uh, right. and, and mickelson actually got the best of that matchup in, in the first one um and you know i i might be the oddball here but you know, last year Mickelson was paired up with Charles Barkley, and they actually won the event. Yeah, much last to year. everybody's surprise. So, to me, if Mickelson could find a way to uh, make Charles Barkley a better <laughs> golfer, or, or or you know a salvageable enough golfer to, to to win, I think he's got a heck of a shot here against you know DeChambeau and, and Rogers. Um, you know, and, and let's not forget, you know, a couple of years ago when Brady was paired up with with Tiger there. Uh, he, he sunk one, you know, sunk one from, I mean, 200 yards out, yeah. um, you know, put it, put it in the hole. Um, and also in the, in the meantime, split, split a hole in his pants. So, um, but, you know, I think this would be good, you know, good entertaining thing. Um, the only, the only thing I'm, you know, kind of, kind of disappointed it's, it's during the week. It's on a Tuesday. Yeah. I was kind of surprised kind of Tuesday that. afternoon. And I, and I know it has a lot to do with, you know, being July 4th weekend and stuff like that, but you know, they could have rescheduled it for any time well, you know? tuesday is not the day people get off though it's gonna be right, on monday right. so, I, so mean, I, 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 know the, I know the match itself is an exhibition right. but you think you might see a little more hangover from phil from the memorial or is he i mean i don't know yeah. I, I mean he hasn't played well he didn't play well in the u.s yeah, open since he, he, yeah, since he won a tournament he, he had really, really played, played well, well in the pga champ after that cheap pga championship victory he didn't really play well since then no um yeah. but at the same time this is they're not really playing for any other than just, you know, pride and, you know, kind of bragging rights, bragging rights right. uh, you know, so I think both golfers will be pretty but I guess, loose, you know, with, with the next week being the British Open. I right, guess. right. Uh, and, and it's actually funny because they're playing this on a Tuesday, you know, Tuesday afternoon and actually DeChambeau, they're actually they're playing an actual golf tournament this, you know, upcoming weekend right. and DeChambeau. Probably jumping on a private plane as soon as this thing is over to head out to. I believe they're playing in Detroit for the Rocket Mortgage Open, yes. which he okay. is the defending champion of. So okay. it'll be interesting to see how he does. You know, playing this kind of match earlier in the week, yeah. and then you know having to turn around and play in a legitimate you know golf match uh, later in the week. Could be uh, good for him though if he gets himself going. Yeah, a little bit of momentum hot. maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think at the same time this kind of course maybe plays to DeChambeau's strengths. It is I think close to an 8000 yard yes, course it is. so yep. it may play to his strengths you know as far as him being able to hit the ball as far right. as he can. It'll be just a matter of 
can he hit it as far as he can and still keep it accurate will be, you know, the, the thing to kind of watch for. Yeah, you um, gotta you gotta figure most of those tee shots are probably gonna come from the pros that they're gonna take. Right, right. Well, right, but you gotta right. remember he's gotta put it in a spot because if they take his his tee shot, then they gotta then Aaron right, the you know has, has, to, has right, to take right, you know right. his next shot. So that, there's a little strategy involved there. I, yeah. The what I read, they get they're giving uh, Rogers and DeChambeau a sixty five percent chance to win probability to win this thing. So yeah, you know, but but don't count the old guys out. Like right. I said, they're they're all competitive. They Absolutely. all want to win. So. Right, right. So yeah, tune in, tune in on uh, July sixth, which is Tuesday. You know, this coming Tuesday, uh, five p.m. Eastern time on TNT. So if you wanna wanna be entertained, you know, watching some you know less stressful kind of golf and then watch. You know some athletes, you know Rogers and Brady, in a different element than yeah. what you know you see them on the on the on the gridiron. I'm kind of uh, surprised they changed from that pay-per-view format they did before too. Right. That's well, that was just when it was Phil and Tiger. Yeah, wasn't that it? was they, they did that. Uh, and it that may I, I don't know for sure, but that may have been I don't know what the numbers or what the ratings yeah. look like. They may not have gotten what they, well, they thought, thought they, they were going to get. You know, so they just you know said, oh, what the heck, we'll make it. Right. You know, you know, free for everybody to watch yeah. kind of deal. Sure. So. All right, very good. Um, well, let's move on to the NHL. Uh, the you know the finals have started. We got Tampa Bay matched up against uh, the Canadiens. Um, you know the Canadiens have been proving everybody wrong since this thing started. Made uh, made goofs out of us almost the whole postseason here. We've been counting them out right from the beginning, and right. they just keep winning, even going down 2-0 a lot of times. So and they fight back to win. So um, we got uh, game two tonight at uh, eight o'clock. Um, in, in Tampa, obviously, they have the better record. So, mm-hmm. you know, the first game was a kind of a laugher. Went five to one. Yeah. Um, you know, it just I, seemed. Yeah, it seemed like Tampa Bay was just the more aggressive team. I watched, yeah, you know, like yeah, the first yeah. little bit of the second period. It just seemed like Tampa was definitely there. They were the team that's used to being there. They yeah. they knew you know how to handle the situation. They just seemed to be the more aggressive, you know, kind of aggressive team. Uh, really attacking, you know the good goalie that, that the Canadians have with, with Carey Price. Um, and then, obviously, they, they didn't have to play too much defense because they got one of the best, you know, goalies in hockey uh, with Andre Vasilevsky. Um, and he, you know, performed again. In, but in, they but they did help him out. They only got 19 shots yeah, on eight, goal. Eight, right, 18 right. of 19 in right, saves. Right, right. so, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he did what he had to do, but the defensemen then for the Lightning were right there too. And, uh so we'll see, you know, what what kind of strategy, you know, the Canadians bring here in game two. Um, obviously, they're going to have to do a lot better on the offensive, you know, side right. to get getting get more looks and you know, and, and putting it in it, between it, the yeah, poles. Yeah, and it seemed like to me they they not only weren't getting the shots, but they weren't really getting the people in front of Andre um, there, you know, to kind of confuse him of where the pucks right. at. It was yeah. just kind of a a lot of the shots came from outside, you know, kind of that goal, you know, wide outside of the goal. And, yeah, you know, you're going to get some traffic in front of those right, goalies you, you, to really mess them up. Yeah, and, 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 and so, you know, hats off to the Lightning for, you know, keeping, keeping those, those guys, guys out of the crease. Yeah, yeah. Keeping yeah. them out of the middle there and, uh, you know, helping out their goalie. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. I just don't think that this series is going to go very far. Uh, I think Tampa Bay looks like the better team, you know, just not only in game one of this series, but just throughout these playoffs. Yeah, they, right. they have looked they, – they, they've been there for every moment. But, you know, it's kind of – Bet against the Canadians at your own risk as, as well. So, you know, as high as I've been about Tampa Bay, you know, I've been very wrong about the Canadians right. throughout this playoff. So, uh, you know, for for a good series' sake, I hope it does go longer. But I, I just think Tampa Bay 
talent wise just, just got, too much, yeah, got too much. Got too much. Excluding this series, haven't they been down like three one in every series? Pretty I mean, much the other Canadian? other than their second round where they swept the, oh, the Jets. Okay. Oh right. I mean they they were down you know three to one against Toronto, who right. was you know clearly one of the best teams in, in the hockey. NHL. Right. One four you know one three straight you know one one game seven um, and, and took them out and then swept the Jets in the next in the next round and then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure against the Vegas, I I think they were down two to one or three to one, two to one, two two zero, something like that. Yeah. But they've been behind before, so it's not you know something they're not used to doing. So it'll be interesting. Can they respond though with with another team? I mean, how far does that keep you know how how far can you keep doing? Because that takes a lot of effort, a lot of yep. energy. I mean, how long you 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 hold you know sustain that kind of you know that right. that that. that uh, you know, kind of play. I well, guess. They, they like being the underdog, though. Yeah. They like, uh, yes. they like yeah, playing I'm, for me. I'm behind. definitely thinking a lot like Colton is on this one. I, I, I think Tampa Bay has just got too much talent here. I, I think it's going to end up being a short series, though. I'll tell you what, this entire playoff has been awesome for the NHL. Right. These matchups have been fun. They've gone – a lot of them have gone the distance. I mean, all these teams worked hard to get here. They deserve to be where they're at. But but I think Tampa Bay is going to end up taking this thing in five. Yeah, right. I like it. Um you know, Andre Vasilevsky's in the goal for Tampa Bay, you know, and he uh, having one of his best seasons. He was drafted. He's been in Tampa Bay his whole career. Um, in the regular season, he had a 920 save average. In the postseason, it went up a little bit to 923. And in that first game, he was at 947. Like Terry said, 18 of 19. And then yeah. – uh, that's, Price. Un, that's unheard of, really. Yeah. 19 yeah. shots an entire game. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. teams that have that in a period. Right, right. right. Well, yeah. Montreal, it seems like Montreal's first line could, couldn't get – I yeah, mean, yeah, they just couldn't get anything yeah. going. Even, I mean, even in the power play, right. they still just couldn't, yeah. couldn't really he, get – Every he, time they get that little bit of momentum, then – Yeah, you know, they, he's, they posted they three, he's posted three shutouts already in the in this, you know, starting back with Carolina. Um, yeah. And even when Carolina got 29 shots the one game, he blocked all 29, yeah. shut them out. So, right, right. So, he's – capable of you know when a team does get a good number of shots he can shut them down or like we said the defense kept him from really having to do much work back there the other night so yeah we'll see what happens price didn't fare so well went uh, gave up 20 or five goals uh 22 of 27 for only an 815 save percentage so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. vasileski's only get in the postseason he's only given up 1.6 goals per game right, right you know and when you know when tampa's averaging three and a half to four goals a game. Uh, give give yeah. yourself a lot of opportunity yeah. to, to win then, a lot of games. But I just wonder, like, quality shots. How, how many are the teams getting – it don't even seem like they're seem, – they're, like I said, yeah, start over. Lot, it doesn't uh, even yeah. seem like they're getting quality It wasn't shots. on Monday night. Right. They weren't a good. Of, a lot of the shots were coming, you know, way outside. Yeah. The, you know, that, that you're, you're almost – you know, it's a prayer that yeah, if it goes in, you're, you're hoping, for, hoping for, you know, hoping for a kind of a bad ricochet, ricochet or, you know, something like that or, or something, something to, to kind of set yourself up for a goal. There was really not anything kind of in front of the goal that, that the Canadians were able to get. So it's – uh, I'm like Matt and Colton. I think this is a short series. I'm actually predicting a sweep. So oh, wow. Going yeah. out on a limb. So yeah. I think the Canadians have – Reached the end of the, <laughs> the, the, the clock has struck yeah, midnight yeah, on yeah. this Cinderella story right, here. Agreed. So, so real quick, let's talk, talk about Seattle Kraken, the new um, expansion team in the NHL. They hired a coach this week. Uh, 
Colton, you want to start us with some talk about that? Yeah, so uh, like Dad said, the new 32nd you know, franchise here in the NHL um, finally gets their, gets their new head coach. It's going to you know, start them off in their inaugural season this upcoming, upcoming year, um, and they hire David Haxtell as their first head coach. Um, so just a little bit of history about him. Uh, the last couple seasons he's served at the, as the assistant coach on the Toronto Maple Leafs for the t- past two years. So he's uh, been learning from one of the one of the better ones. You know, Toronto has been up there towards the top as far as standings go. Um, you know, Austin Col- Matthews. Colton, did I also see something? He had some U.S. Olympic or some kind of Olympic experience yeah, or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, I think he yeah. was uh, a part was of he an some, coach something with the, with the Canadian uh, okay. development okay. team oh, of some okay. sort uh, in, in the Olympics I didn't as know well. if it was a junior Olympics. Yeah, yeah or, okay. I'm not exactly okay. sure what, what the job title or role okay. was, but he was, you know, something involved with Sorry. Team okay. Canada okay. or, yeah. you know, of, of some sort. Um but uh, you know he he also serves as a head coach um, for about three and a half seasons for the for the Philadelphia Flyers, wow. mm-hmm. uh, and a uh, little bit of history about that. So when he was hired um, back in 2015 in, in Philadelphia, he was actually the first coach to make the jump from the NCAA's to the NHL mm-hmm. in in 33 years. Wow. Um, so you know, and, and uh, we we talk about you know. Was he going to have success here in Seattle? Yeah. Well, we don't really know yet because, <laughs> you know, Matt was pointing it out before the show. He don't even have a team yet. He, right. he, he's the head coach. He's hired, you know, a couple of assistant coaches, but he doesn't know who his players are going to be yet. Uh, they're going to hold uh, an expansion draft uh, July 21st, I believe, is the, is the date where they'll be picking, you know, players from, you know, around the NHL. They'll be following the same similar format that Vegas followed. Now, on, in- on that, though, that I was I wondered a question. Yeah. Like, for example, say Columbus, are they allowed to protect both goaltenders? Or? Um, I, I forget. I you don't, get a I don't, certain number of yeah, people. Yeah, a certain you number protect. of players. So you, you can it's, protect it's whoever not, you want. Yeah, okay. you can protect so many players. It doesn't matter what position, you know, where okay. they play, you know, how old right. they are, whatever. Right. Um, you, you get to protect so many players. And, if you know, once you pick who you're protecting – Everybody else is. I, I do think it, it has to be like there is like a certain number of you have to have a goalie protect. You have to have a certain number of stuff protected. Okay, okay. But, but then after that, you could do whoever you want. Okay, with your okay. Extra numbers. Yeah. So then basically, yeah, whoever's not protected, free game wow. for, for them okay. to, to draft. And yep. you know, uh, we, we saw that with Mark Andre. Yeah, Fleury we, we talk right about right. you know yeah, Mark Andre Fleury yeah. a lot with Pittsburgh giving up you know willing just to give him up and you know how well he's he's fared but for, i mean like like the first round are they allowed to protect both goalies uh, it, it's you pick them before so it's it, before yeah. the round start i mean they before, just before the, the draft they, they, list, list, they already these know. guys are protected these guys are oh, they're off the table right. yeah they're right. off the so table yeah. they they know they'll have the list of players in front of them basically i mean because when this expansion draft happens they're the only ones drafting it's right. not like you know the Blue Jackets will be involved. The Maple Leafs yeah. will be. It's strictly just the Kraken. They'll right. have the list of players that they, you know, say, are unprotected. These 20 unprotected yeah. guys. And this is, this is who we're going to pick, you know, to make our team up. Okay. So, Though, you know, as, as a as a coach going to a new team, I, I think you got to kind of like this situation better than somebody like, say, say the guy just came in for the Jackets. Who, the team's established, so you're not really building them in your image. This guy, he can go out and pick exactly who he wants. Mm-hmm. They can be the type of players he wants. I, I think that's a good situation for him to be able to get what well, he wants. Well, look how much success Vegas has had early, you right. know, early in their you know, years. Um, a little bit more about Haxtell um, that I found out. He, he had three full seasons in Philly mm-hmm. and took him to the playoffs two of those three seasons. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, we'll the, see. The only issue was that 
in both of those seasons that he took them, they got eliminated in the first, first round. round. Okay. So, right. you know, if, if you know uh, the fans in Philly, oh, uh, yeah. they are very demanding of their sports teams. Pretty, so. pretty brutal. It doesn't matter what sport well, it is. I, I kind of so. think the same with Seattle. Seattle's just basically starving for a team. So right, that's why right. I think, you know, the, the Kraken's going to do very well. Yeah, know, I mean, they've, they've had, you know, success, um, you know, with, with their, you know, football team. Obviously, they used to have the NBA team yeah, there. Right, so, right. They, it, the fans have been yearning for kind of a new yeah. franchise yeah, for, yeah. Uh, to come back That's there. how I should have worded it. Yeah, now, I mean, now it's, you know, now it's hockey. And so, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see, you know. Now, you know, and there's a lot of players that come from that area, yeah, too. Right, so, yeah. right. I think it's a good move on the NHL's part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, starting that. And, and I mean, Seattle's a big market, too. I mean, yeah. not, it's not a small city, you know, out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. I mean, it's a right. pretty big. Well, because what, Vancouver's just basically right across the. I mean, the Canadian border's not yeah, too far right. from, from there. So, you know, you, you got, you know, and there's a lot of West Coast teams already there. So, it's going to be going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, Haxtell, you know, we, we talked about him coaching in college. Um, he actually came from North Dakota, mm-hmm. who is a perennial. I mean, one of the top, yeah. the top yeah. one of the top, you know, college hockey, you know, programs yeah, in history. Uh, but yeah, Miami, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, right? He, Boston. He's, he's yeah, had, Boston. you know, as much historical Minnesota, you know success yeah. that they've had. He has a lot of history. Just the eleven seasons yes. that he was yes. there. Um, you know, he was actually a finalist for National Coach of the Year. Eight out of the eleven seasons that he wow. was there in North oh Dakota, um, so almost every year he's he's up for Coach of the Year. Um, and then he actually reached the Frozen Four seven times in his eleven mm, seasons, amazing. most out of any program in in that time span. Most of any program. Um, he also sent thirty players from his program to the NHL. Wow. Um, and so most most notable are uh, Blackhawks captain Jonathan Tose mm-hmm. and captain's winger TJ Oshie. So yeah, Oshie. Yeah. those, those are two big that names well. that he's, you know, had the privilege to coach in college. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been pretty successful so far in the NHL. Well, I know that quote from Oshie, man. He said he loves that guy. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, yeah. So well, well, yeah, and I, I agree. Some of the stuff I read from former players like in college and then, you know, when he was a coach in Philly that – um, and, and we'll see how this translates. You know, sometimes you get these big names, but he expects his players to work hard. Absolutely. Um, he, he, he'll tell you what he expects of you, and if you're not living up to what he expects of you, he's going to let you know. Right. And right. he won't accept anything less than a team-first attitude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I, and I think in college that works really well. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we see in other sports, not only hockey, we've seen coaches with that attitude that, that works very well in the college leagues. But sometimes professionals, the professionals it's a little bit different. Be- different. Belichick seems with, to perfect it pretty well. You're doing yeah. you're you're dealing with a lot of egos, a lot of different right, personalities right. So, on a team and, and, and I, money I, gets involved and yeah. it's a mess sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, and another thing coming from college, college you have to build your team. I mean, right. that's exactly what yeah. he's doing with the yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I, I think he can kind of play with some of that. I, right. I think he's that done. does bode well yeah. for his you right. know his style maybe. Um you know you get guys in there you know, coaches know, they talk, they hear things. They know guys that, who, you know, slack or they know guys that work hard. Or can be hard, a headache so. in, the, in the locker sure, room absolutely. or, you know, whatever. So, so I think he worked, yeah, he walks into a good situation. Absolutely. Having, you know, all those things that, you know, team first, you know, work hard mentality. Because he gets to pick who he wants on his first, you know, team, mm-hmm. he kind of gets the opportunity to, 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 to hand select those type of guys. So I think he's walking into an opportunity that, a lot of coaches, like you said, don't yeah. get the opportunity to yeah. do. So I think he could, you know, 
we, we've seen it with Vegas, you know, how much success mm -hmm. they've had. So yep. Seattle definitely, you know, there, there's a blueprint there. It'll so be we'll, fun. we'll see, uh, yeah, with this first Looking season forward to what, it. Uh, yeah, what, awesome. what happens. So. Yeah, very good. All right, well, I think uh, we're going to move on to the NBA. We got not only the, the playoffs, obviously, but we're going to get into some of the new coaches then towards the end of the segment. So let's start. Uh, Terry, we'll let you start us with that Bucks versus the Hawks series. Okay. Um, well, that's, that particular series, I, th this last game, game four, was tremendous. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with the – even with the the, uh, the injury to Giannis, excuse me, I can't talk tonight for some reason. Even with the injury to Giannis, it just it seemed like the the Bucks were still kind of in it. But then right towards the end, they just couldn't close. Yeah, uh, they you know they finished thirty three of eighty four shooting as a team, gives them about like a, a four thirty or you know four thirty nine yeah. percentage. Very and low. Yeah, three pointers. They were twenty point five percent. Yeah, and hey, we've talked about it before. You know, the Bucks offense kind of does revolve around that three point. Yeah, you, you've seen it. You know, several times. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That kind of makes them or breaks them if they if they don't make the, the three right. pointers. And you see them like we talked about before. You see them taking a lot of bad shots. Right, sometimes. right. And I mean, it doesn't help now. You know, Giannis goes down right. with a, with a knee injury. Were uh, you surprised at how well Atlanta played without Trey Young? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I, 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 yeah, don't. I'm not taking anything away from Atlanta. Lou I mean, Williams, we, we, man. we've talked about wow. it. I, I've talked about it. You know, before this series started, the Hawks have a real good shot at upsetting the Bucks, and and I'm sad to see that they have a better chance now that Giannis may not. Yeah, you didn't want to. See I, I want to see the Hawks beat the Bucks at, at their, their best. best. Um, and, well, but I guess if they beat them without Trey Young, but they Young, still beat them without Trey Young, yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's, so they're not at their best either. Right, so right. They're, they're, they're kind of playing back at an even keel. Right, right. What I did also too was I looked at the points in the paint mm -hmm. the last game. Yeah. Even when Giannis went down, you know, just just because I figured it was going to be a huge, uh, but it was like forty six to forty four, so mm -hmm. it was really. Yeah, I mean, it's still really close. In the game, you know, the the little bit that I watched in the game, yeah, like Dad said, it seemed like the Bucks offense just even when Giannis was in there, they just didn't really move the ball around, didn't get a to lot be of good shots. With you, I think they've done that the whole play. They just they're bore. I don't know, boring or they yeah. vanilla. And, I mean, and, they're just and, Atlanta seemed to move the ball around. The Hawks, um, you know, Trey Young, yeah. you know, with not being there. Everybody stepped up. I mean, it was yeah. a collaborative oh, yeah. team effort. Absolutely. It wasn't just yeah. one, one guy. One glaring stat that I'm looking at is the free throw percentage. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, the Hawks are shooting 85% from the free throw line, mm -hmm. and the Bucks at 74. Yeah, I mean, they talked about that, that last makes week a difference this, this yeah. time of year. Giannis got to the line three times and airballed, airballed two of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's that that crowd has his number. Count <laughs> yeah, right. That is just – I get a kick out of it every time. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, and one numbers. other guy I want to throw out, and Colton, I'm sure you saw this stat too, your old Duke boy, Cam Reddish, had a heck of a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's 12 been, points, five boards, and two steals. Yeah, obviously got some more minutes with Trey, you know, Trey Young being out uh, because, honestly, throughout these playoffs, he really – hasn't played all that much has got he got I think a few minutes in like game two I think he he was he was in there but you know obviously got a lot more minutes and I I you know what the, the time that I watched when he was in there he was giving him a lot of effort giving him you know what, what what you know the Hawks needed and like I said with Trey Young going out it had to be a team effort and, and everybody was you know distributing the ball but John, um, but wasn't he Bojanovic yeah yeah he he's, 20 and, points, he's playing three boards yeah, and five play, I mean, playing injured himself um, and, and yeah, you he's know, dealing with a knee thing Cap too yeah. you know Capello with 15 or whatever he had right you know, so i think uh yeah you you saw you know the better team play there yes. where where you know 
the Bucks, you know, Giannis went down and, and they, you know, kind of kind of folded. Yeah. Um, and, and, well, and, and Milwaukee never led that whole game. Yeah, they, the Hawks they, took it wire to wire, and it just mm-hmm. the lead just kept growing. And mm-hmm. you, you you expected, I expected anyway, before you know Giannis went down that uh, they they were going to make a run, and right. they kind of made a small one right before he got hurt, but. I just kept, oh, you know, that's the, you know, the 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 Hawks can't keep this up without Trey Young in there. Right. I tell you what, they they really impressed me. Yeah, yeah. they had it down to ten before Giannis yeah. went out, and then yeah. it ballooned to twenty. Right, and never right. got it much closer. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was crazy because, uh, you know, actually the 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 Vegas line had moved. It was the Hawks were you know, the underdogs. It was plus plus six. They were mm. six point underdogs. Mm. As soon as the news came out that Trey Young not going to play. It moved from six to nine and a half, you know, real quick. And then, you know, look, turns around and, and the they Hawks wind up winning, you know, by almost, you know, 20 points. Think, so yeah. it's it, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not taking anything away from the Hawks. And, you know, I, I saw something come back today. The, the Giannis's, you know, they did an MRI in his no knee. Damage, no yeah. No structural damage to his knee. What what's, about, what's he going to do? You know, what, how's he, you know, but, what's, but what's how, he going to be? How's his psyche, though? When he, when he, when he comes back, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, it, it's mentally he's still going to be thinking about this knee injury. Right. I mean, and, and, and in a season where we, you know, have talked about a lot of big stars, you know, going down, getting, going down you thought, all right, Giannis is the one that, you know, has been protected from all this. You know, we're good, we're good. And then, you know, he goes, he goes down kind of deal. Um, and, and so, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see who plays better now without their without their star. And, and so far, it's been the Hawks playing playing better with without their without their star. Mm. What's, what's the status on Trey Young? I mean, I know it was a just a bruise. Is he day to day? Yeah, or? I think uh, you know because most people were saying he was most likely going to play um, in, in uh, you know in that game last night, game four, um, and then he he. Um, you know, right, almost right before game time, decided not to not to go. Yeah. Uh, so I would say he's probably going to go game. You know, game five, uh, which is actually tomorrow, tomorrow night, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time on on TNT. I, I think he's going to play, whether he's a hundred percent. I don't I don't know what what you know how badly that 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 uh, ankle is is you know hurting him, but. It's probably still going to be a little bit tender, a little bit sore. Yeah, um, I, th- I think this series, I, I think Trey, Rung, uh, Trey Young and Giannis will both be less than 100% the rest of the way. So right. I, I think this is really going to come down to the supporting cast a little more. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I was looking at some stats. The supporting cast for the Hawks, other than other than Trey Young, they have seven other guys who score in double digits per game. They spread you, the ball around. You look at the Bucks; they only have three other guys. So, I mean, That's important. it really plays, stat, it plays into the hands yeah, of, yeah, of, of yeah. The, the Hawks to really be able to pull this thing off if Giannis isn't at full capacity. Yeah, and I, I think you saw that then, you know, in game three. You know, Giannis obviously played game three, but then Middleton was kind of the, the star in, right. the, in that game and kind of took over that game. But mm-hmm. then game four – he didn't pick up the load when Giannis went down, or he, I mean, he didn't really play all that well even when Giannis was in there. So it's uh, you know, it, it, yeah, like Matt said, it's going to come down to supporting cast, who's right. got the better team. And right now, I think that's the Hawks. Yeah. I mean, they got a nice young core that they've built through the draft, and you know, I've talked about it a lot, and I think that's what you're going to see, you know, going and, forward in this. In and this I series. think Giannis at 75% and Trey at 75% hurts the Bucks more mm-hmm. than, than it hurts the Hawks. Because you can't play of near as physical as Giannis right. likes to play right. at 75%. Right. You know, and that, like Colton said, that's that's tomorrow night. Right now the, the Bucks are a two-point dog in that mm-hmm. um, in the, on the line. So, yeah. what? give me your prediction. 
Um, I think game five, uh, it's going back to Milwaukee. Yes. So I, I think that that helps, you know, Milwaukee out a little bit. It takes a little bit of the edge out, you know, whether Giannis I, – I think if Giannis doesn't play, the Bucks are sunk. Um, but I, he, I think you got to sit Giannis. So you want him as close to 100% healthy out there. Right. Losing one game right now is not a big isn't going to kill you. Because tomorrow is the you next know, two. Yeah, so you, you can't. I, I think you get him as healthy as you can. Right, right. Um, so I, I think, yeah, the, the Hawks, you know, Trey Young comes back. I, I just think the Hawks have too much. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks have too much to overcome. I, I think it would be a closer closer game maybe. I, the two points might be pretty pretty accurate. Um but yeah, I think the Hawks win win Game Five. Um, I think this thing goes seven though. Yeah, I, I think yeah could could really go Game Seven. Game Six will be obviously a deciding factor. They are going back to Atlanta, right. uh, but the, you two know, free two free throws for Giannis to win it. What happens? <laughs> Air balls at this point. Yeah, I Brick. mean it's uh, it, it's going to be a mess. But uh, you know, I I just think you know, like Dad said, Trey Young. Uh, you know, semi-healthy Trey Young is better for the Hawks like than a semi-healthy, idea. you know, Giannis for mm-hmm. the for the Bucks. So, I agree, Matt. Uh, you agree with that yep, prediction? Absolutely. Yep. Hawks take Game Five, Terry. Yes. Yes. Yep. yep. I think so too. But I'm not optimistic. It's going to go seven. I think. I think it goes six games. I it's think. just it'll be interesting because uh, the Hawks have actually been a better team on the road than they have been right. at home. So yeah. you know, right. and uh, yeah, I was reading that Nate McMillan's winning percentage on the road with this team is like is is phenomenal, uh, astronomical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so and in this playoffs, they've been a better better team on the road than they have been at home. And it's the flip side for the Bucks. They've yeah. been a better team at, at home than they have been on the road. So we'll see how that know, works out. It's going to be yeah, very very interesting to see how the rest of the series plays out. All right, we got Game Six tonight in that Suns Clippers matchup at nine o'clock back in L.A. Um, Suns a one point favorite. So we, yeah, we're about dead even right here, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't get any closer than that, right. other than. <laughs> Right, but basically, can, a pick it can't on. end in a tie. Right, so, right. Um, so you know, we we Kawhi's still out. You know, we've all said that from the beginning. He he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Zubac, I think, is kind of questionable as, as well. Zubac is, you know, the big man from from the Clips. Um, you know, I I don't know. I, I see this game tonight, and I I like the way the Suns are playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Give me your thoughts on it, fellas. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, you know recapping kind of game game five. You know, we've talked about it. Paul George is single handedly you know kept him in yeah. ke- keeping this Clippers team afloat. I mean, he 41, 41 points, fifteen of twenty from the field, shot seventy five percent from the floor. Um, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirteen, but he did more than just you know score. Thirteen rebounds, six assists, three steals. So. Yeah. He was involved in, in every aspect of, of the game. He's and, flashing and, the guy he was in, in Indiana. Yeah. And, and, and it's injured. good It's good to see that, yeah, you know, because back. back, you know, when he was with the Pacers, he goes down, I think it was in, when he was practicing with Team USA, he goes down with that gruesome oh, leg yeah. injury. Yeah. And he thought, the, it'll, it'll never be the same Paul Plus George ever again. Over, yeah. yeah, and, and you know, he, he showed flashes at times mm-hmm. of that Paul George. But this series obviously has showed – the, the, the Paul George that we know is back. Alive he, and well. He can yep. single-handedly. You know, though, you know, I wonder if he's starting to think that he needs to be on a team by himself. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he was playing with uh, – there in uh, okay. Washington. Oh, or, uh, or not Washington, but uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City with, with West, Russell, West, Russell yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like 
when he has to defer to somebody else, he doesn't yeah. play as good. But right. when he's that guy, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, he, some guys shine in the limelight, yeah, right. you know. Right. Right. Other guys should, shrink. He start thinking about being on a team by himself with a supporting cast around him. I right. think he could his get third done. quarter was unreal. What thirty points and mm-hmm. he shot eighty percent from the field. Third guy in history to ever do that. Yeah, wow. and Anthony I think, Davis and uh, Dwayne Wade were you know. So I, I, I think on the on the flip side, the, the the you know the reason that maybe the Suns didn't play as well as, as they have, you know, in this, in this series. And, and we talked about him before and that's Deandre Ayton. Um, he only had, he had 10 points, 11 rebounds. Yeah. He had a double double, but he actually is averaging almost 20 points in this, in this series alone. Yeah, so he's about half his, you know, scoring average in that game alone. You know, I had for everybody, I didn't have his uh, field goal percent. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what, what but, I, I think it was still decent. He yeah. was still like, well, yeah, he takes, I mean, they're all just short shots. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. He takes high percentage but, shots. But yeah. my point was, is that the offense still kind of runs through, through, yeah. him. I mean, they're still, they're still utilizing a big man's what I'm saying. You know, sometimes he gets a lot of easy putbacks and, and things like that, you know, cleanup shots. Right. And I just don't think that that was, that was the, he didn't have that as opportunities there um, that he normally does. Um, so I think in this game six, he's going to have to play, you know, to what he normally does to give the Suns, you know, a shot yeah. to, to, to ha- win this game. I have that as one of my keys as well for game six for the Suns is mm-hmm. that DeAndre needs more touches. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, not, you know, if it's a touch and a kick out, that's fine too. But right. they just didn't do it a good job. And they self-admitted, CP3, they admitted they just didn't get the ball to him. And I said, we got to work harder, even though they are collapsing down on him a little bit because their offense does run through. DeAndre Ayton, they just they just need to get him the ball more. He needs more touches. And I think uh, the X factor then, you know, we talk about Paul George for the Clippers, uh, but I think, you know, we know what Paul George is going to do, but what is he going to get from the rest of his team? Right. Uh, and, and, and really Man. the guy that's, that's really stepped up in place of Kawhi going down has been Marcus Morris. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and when he is playing, you know, at an elite level or, you know, scoring a lot and, and, and you know, doing what he does, the Clippers – they they do they they have a higher chance of winning games. Right. So it's uh, you know I, I think I saw a stat where if Marcus Morris shoots better than fifty percent from the floor, the Clippers are eight and zero. Oh. Wow. When he shoots worse than fifty percent, I believe they're like zero oh and five or something oh, like wow. that. So yeah. so you know he's 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 like you know the 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 man man behind the curtain that not right. a lot of people talk about. Um, you know of course you know Paul George does what he does and you know is saving this this team, but. I think you got to look at the 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 kind of the the flip side that Paul George can only do so much. You right got to get some help from from somewhere, and I think right. Marcus Morris is, is that for the Clippers. Good, absolutely. Well, you guys want to move on to spend a little bit of time here on the new coaches in the NBA. Let's start with the Indiana Pacers. They you know they took the Mavericks. Uh, Rick Carlisle, who left um, the Mavericks after what 13, 13 seasons. 13 seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got – I think it was a safe pick mm-hmm. for the Pacers. I don't think they – you know, I don't know. He's, he's 836 and 689 in the regular season, but only 33 and 38 in the playoffs. He did get a championship with the Mavericks the one season. Um, good pick or bad pick? Um, like you said, I think it's a, a safe pick, so I'm going to lean on the side of a good pick because um, he, he has – he's been the coach of the Pacers before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I just like the mentality. Did a short stint in Detroit yeah. there for a while, yeah. too. 2001, 2002. Yeah, did two Detroit, seasons yeah. in Detroit. And then, 2003 you know, to 2007. Then, then was the Pacers coach for, I think, maybe six, seven he, seasons. He would have had that. He would, have had, would he have had Paul George or was that um, like? No. I no. think Paul George might have been like a year or two yeah. after okay. he yeah. left. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he didn't have the privilege to, to coach him. Paul but, uh, you know, I, he's a long-tenured coach. He's been tw- almost 20 seasons as an NBA head coach. And I think you know kind of what you're getting at this point with, with Rick Carl. He's kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy. And, and we've talked about it before. Um, he's kind of a, a coach in my mind that he gets a, gets more with less. He's yeah. able to take what he's got as far as talent goes. It could be the best level of talent. could be the worst level of talent. And he, try, he finds a way to make guys fit in the roles that's going to make his team successful. Yeah. He, he builds a team, in, in my opinion. Um, and he's never really had those teams that have had a lot of superstars or, you know, big names or, you know, whatever. He's just found a lot of pieces that all can work well together. Um, so, for me, I, I think a good good hire by, by the Pacers. And, and see, everything you just said makes me go great hire, yeah. not even just good hire, because the Pacers don't have a lot to work with right, right, right. now. So, if, if he can mold them into a team that can be a playoff caliber team, mm-hmm, then sure, mm-hmm. he's doing exactly what they want. And, right, and he, right. he's been to playoffs everywhere he's been. I yeah. think he'll continue to do it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Boston Celtics. We'll stay out that direction. Um, you know, this week they hired Ime Udoka mm-hmm. um, as their first-time head coach, uh, former player. Yep. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes for them. I, I like this pick. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's come out and he said, "I'm going to push these guys," mm-hmm. and and their response has been, "That's what we're looking for." Right. Jason Tatum. You know, Jalen Brown will be coming back from his injury, and Marcus Smart. He said, I'm going to push my big three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to push them hard. So, you know, and, and don't forget, this guy was an assistant coach under Greg Popovich. Exactly. That was the point I was going to make right So, right. Um, I think this yeah. was a good hire for Boston. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree. Good good hire for them. Um, you know, he, seven, like Dad said, seven years under Greg Popovich, who is, you know, probably the best coach in NBA history mm-hmm. yeah. um, and actually was a part of a championship team there in San Antonio, too. Well, um, and, and the relationship that he has with J, with J, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum with his uh, uh, world or uh, Olympic. Uh, yeah, Olympic. He was on the uh, coach. But I mean, with I the think Olympics. with them, it was AAU maybe or something. Yeah, he had yeah. some kind of tie with, with those guys. Yeah, you know? and I so think they kind of lobbied. They kind of lobbied for him. He uh, then has spent, you know, this past season on the Nets as an assistant coach. Right. Year yeah. before 76ers. was on the 76ers. Mm-hmm. So he's had a lot of good stops on his, you know, assistant coach path. And then, you know, his now getting to be the main guy. Um, and I think he has a somewhat of a good mentor there with Brad Brad Stevens. Obviously, you know, Danny Ainge moves out of the GM role. Brad Stevens moves into that role. Obviously, was the previous head coach in Boston. So he has a good mentor to look to to you know, kind of navigate this thing. But has had a lot of good coaches to to, to learn from on on his way to this. So I, I like the hire. So it's funny, all these guys, those, those stars say they want somebody who's going to push him. Was was Brad Stevens not pushing him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, that, that, was, that was kind of my question too, but and maybe he wasn't. I guess I never heard that coming out of Boston. Yeah, but, I thought he was that type of coach. Uh, right. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, is, that, is that all we got on, on yeah, Boston? Yeah. Then? All right, let's go to Portland. Uh, Portland just made the announcement they're going to hire uh, – uh, Chauncey Billups played 18 seasons in the NBA. Their GM Neil Olshey is really high on Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you guys think. I don't. I don't like it. I think it's a bad hire. B- yeah. Billups has no head coaching experience, and the window for Portland to succeed with their roster of young players is getting smaller and smaller. 
Damian Lillard's not going to be there forever. He needs to win now. Mm-hmm. You need a coach that can that can get that out of them right now. And I don't think a guy in his first head coaching stop is going to be the guy to do it. Yeah. I think he, it's the wrong Steve choice. Nash. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think you know we've seen a lot of coaches have success like Steve Kerr, or Steve Nash. You know that have had no prior head coaching experience. A little different rosters there. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But yeah. they they came into a little bit different situation. I think. I mean, and. and for as many success stories that you've had for that, there are just as many that have, you know, sure. failed miserably. Yeah. So I, I don't like the hire. He's, you know, not only has he not had the head coaching experience, but he's only had one year as an assistant coach right. with the Clippers, you know, this past season. Pretty thin. Um, so I think the, the, the playing experience will come into play. You know, he obviously, you know, was a, was a pretty phenomenal, fantastic player. Um, you know, playing in the NBA there, you know, most notably with the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm hearing not so good things out of Portland's camp that Damian Lillard's not so happy that he wasn't consulted about the head coach. Um, oh, wow. So, I didn't hear that. Yeah, Actually, because well, the thing I read is that Neil Olshey and Chauncey were confident that they could keep Lillard in Portland. Yeah. Um, I think they do have a relationship, Billups and, and Lillard, through uh, – I read it and I can't remember Is what it the Team USA. Yeah, it might have been, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I think um, I think Portland may have jumped the gun a little bit. I would like to see. Him. I think Chauncey will be eventually will be a good head coach. I just would have liked to seen him got a couple more years as an assistant. And and he's replacing a guy, you know, Terry Stotts, who actually you know was there for nine seasons and made the playoffs eight out of the nine right. seasons. The only thing that you know you could kind of put a blemish on that is that. Four out of those, you know, four of the past five years, they've been eliminated in the first, first round. round. So, you know, I, I think that's the only thing you can put a knock on Terry Stotts. So, Billups has, you know, some kind of big shoes to fill at the same Absolutely. time that, you know, Portland is a, you know, a, a playoff contender every single season. So, anything less than that, you know, is going to be looking, you know, as a failure. And, and, and now Damian Lillard, it's not, from what I'm hearing, it's not that Damian Lillard's unhappy with the hire. It's the fact that he wasn't kind of consulted about it or wasn't even involved with the interview process or anything like that. Yeah, your star has got to be, right. be involved in right. that. So I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of help smooth that over because Damian Lillard has been one of those guys that says, I want to be in Portland, I want to be in Portland. I be. Right. But when does he finally say – Enough's enough. I, I'm tired of being in Portland yeah. type deal. So we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, not 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 such a good good hire there for for, for Portland. Okay. All right. One last team, Colton. Your your favorite, your um, the Dallas Mavericks. Tell me what you think of the Jason Kidd hire. Yeah, I'm uh, might shock people here, but uh, I think it's a bad hire. Really? Um, I, I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, let's let's not you know. Let's not go away. Jason Kidd was a heck of a player in his, you know, 20-something year career in the NBA and actually brought a title to the Mavericks back in 2010. But his head coaching, he's not been very good. He's got a 183-190 and 190 record so far as, as a coach. You know, spent, you know, five seasons with the Nets and, and the Bucks and has not had much, much success there. Just didn't seem like he did a good job of pulling those teams together. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think, you know, at the same time, you know, I say a bad hire because at the same time, you know, we all know the kind of owner that Mark Cuban is. He's, he's a very hands-on kind of guy. He likes to, you know, have his hand in the cookie jar with a lot of things. And I think when, when, when Carlisle was there, he was kind of a no-nonsense guy like, hey, I'm the head coach. I'm going to coach the players. Right. You just pay the money. You front the bills. You pay, make sure the team's, you know, funded, all that stuff. 
let me do my job kind of deal. Right. I feel like this Jason Kidd hire is more of, oh, Cuban you know, he's kind of a young a guy. Cuban can kind of control him a little bit more, kind of tell him kind of what to do more. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think it's a good hire. Um, and you know, Doncic is not so happy with it either. So and then that's your franchise guy and will be a free agent next year. So mm. so, so my take on this was I I thought it was an average hire. I don't I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. Mm. You know, because for the fans, oh, way to ride the fence. I, I, I had to though, because and here's my points. <laughs> okay. Because for the for the fans, you know, the fans like this because kid kid played for the Mavericks. He's a hero. They, yeah. they won yeah. a championship while he was there, so the fans they like it. It keeps Luca happy. Luca's Luca wanted this hire. He mm. he was happy to for them to get kid. So okay. it keeps Luca happy. But like like Colton said, ultimately kid hasn't proven to be a good coach in the NBA. He's 183 and 190 with stops in Brooklyn and Milwaukee. His his previous record doesn't show him to be great. So. It's averaging the fact that it's going to keep your fan base happy. It's going to keep your star happy. But is he going to get the wins? I, I don't see it. Well, yeah. and, and how do you think that's going to the pair with the uh, new GM, Nico Harrison, coming from Nike? Uh, you know, he's the money's not going to be an issue, I don't think. The dude's going to – he's going to produce the money, which is right. his, you know. I think his, is why why they hired it. But, it seems like not a me, basketball move. To it me, seems it's more like a, a money move. Money grab. Yeah. To me, since they, they won a championship in 2010. It's the Janet Jackson syndrome. What have you done for me lately? Right, right. Since 20, I mean, maybe it's not the greatest hire, but – who else was – I mean, is yeah. it, do you go with a retread Mike D'Antoni? Do you go right. with, you yeah. know – I mean, yeah, I don't know what – you know, you know I mean, if there was anything I better. I think they needed a facelift myself. You right. know, I mean, they've been kind of boring. Yeah, you know, I think really. uh, they were just looking for something something different. Yeah. yeah. Cuban kind of went outside the box, exactly. I think, a little bit. Yeah. Not only with the, with Jason Kidd, but with Nico Harrison. Sure, the guy sure. has no basketball experience, but – he knows every player Absolutely. in the NBA because Absolutely. he was like the personal contact for Kobe well, Bryant. Look at the Nike Lakers himself. when they went with Palenka. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I, mean, I just think yeah, it's more of a more of a money move. I think than more of a basketball right. move. So then that means you know Jason Kidd then has all of the responsibility then to make the basketball moves. You know, and I don't know. Sometimes I think the better teams they they do well when they have that nice GM coach relationship that are both on the same page, moving in the same direction. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how the Mavericks move forward. Um, and, and based on their, you know, kind of recent playoff experience, it seems like they're right there. They just need, you know, maybe one, two pieces to get them over the do, hump. Do so. you think at the time maybe did Rick Carlisle lose the team at any time? I mean, to me, it, it looked like I, I think they that there was a little bit of a fall. Yeah, I think it was a fall. I think it was a fall. But Luca is the team right now. Yeah, right, so. right. I think it's yeah. kind of a falling out between you know Rick Carlisle. Maybe and it's Luka. a fresh voice that they you know. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll see know. how yeah. it plays yeah. out. But you right. know, it's, well, let's get on to our blazing bets real quick, so yeah. we got time for the hot dog eating contest <laughs> as well. Sure. So my, I'll t I'll go. Uh, I'm first here. I'm going. Uh, Tonight's game, the Suns in L.A. versus the Clippers. Mm -hmm. You know, the Suns are only a one-point favorite. Yep. They're finding out that uh, that final game's the hardest one to win, game four. Well, you know, Ty, Ty Lue is 10-2 and two in elimination games yeah. as a head coach. So. He's done a heck of a job. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, they're finding out that that fourth game's the high, hardest game to win. But they close it out tonight in L.A. <laughs> All right. That's All my right. prediction. Nice, nice. Well, I'm switching it up over to the MLB here. I got the Seattle Mariners versus the Toronto Blue Jays game tomorrow afternoon, 1, 1 o'clock, uh, 1.07 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Mariners got their, got their pitcher, uh, UC Kikuchi, 5-3, and 
3.34 ERA with 87 strikeouts, and the Blue Jays got their ace in Hyun Ju Rio, and he is 7-4 with a 3.41 ERA. So Blue Jays come in 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Um, so for me, I'm going Blue Jays. They got the pitcher on the mound. I think it's going to make the difference. But they also, you know, got Vlad the Vlad the Junior, the Impaler, yeah, going yeah. right now, and he's he's one of the hottest players in baseball. I think that they get enough offense. Their pitching will be enough. They 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 get it done. All right, very good. Go Perry, ahead, Terry. What you got? I got. T- I took tonight's game. I took the White Sox and the Twins. Okay. Okay. The uh, so- the um, White Sox have Dylan Cease on the mound. Yep. I, I don't. I hope I'm saying his name right. Yep. I'm sorry if I'm not. Six and three record, three eighty one ERA, ninety six Ks. Mm-hmm. Bailey Ober for the Twins, no record, four sixty four ERA, twenty three strikeouts. Seventy percent, seventy six percent of the money's on the White Sox. Okay. So. All right. Taking the White Sox. Yeah. So yeah. taking the Sox. All right. All right. All right, well, so my belief has to do with the with the hot dog eating contest, so I'll talk a little bit about the contest <laughs> before we get into to my Kind of set us up with the rules on yeah, that, man. Yeah, yeah. So the, the contest takes place July 4th at noon. It's, uh, it takes place in Coney Island every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, pits the fastest eaters in the world. Uh, they competing for the coveted mustard belt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joey it's, Chestnut, man. Yeah. An exciting thing. But so it's, it's uh, to see how many hot dogs they can, they can eat. It's got to be bun. And hot dogs oh, all the way. Oh there. no, oh, you're thing. wrong. Don't call it a bun. <laughs> yeah. They don't call it a bun in Coney Island. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a roll. A roll. It's got to be the roll and the hot dog <laughs> okay. all the way down to count. Yeah, they um, they have to eat the whole thing, right? Yeah, yep. okay. yep. okay. can't, right. can't be okay. partials. Right. Nope. Um, so yeah, it's got to be the whole thing all the way down. They can dunk it in water, kind of okay. lubricate the thing. It's yeah. the most disgusting contest I've ever oh, watched in my no. life. Yeah. But it's I wouldn't recommend watching it if you just ate. Yeah, it's a little tough to stomach. Especially if you just ate hot dogs. Yeah, right. But uh, so, so last year in the contest, Joey Chestnut, he was your reigning champion. He broke the world record with 75 hot dogs oh my in 10 minutes. So Jeez. he just kind of clocked them things right on down. Right, right. His closest competitor, though, only put down 42. Kobayashi? Yeah, almost, no. du- almost doubled him up there. So the, last year it was uh, Darren, Darren Breeden was his closest oh, okay. competitor. Mm-hmm. And in fact, actually the... The winner of the women's competition actually would have taken second in the men's competition. Mm. Uh, Mickey Sudo, yep. she plays second. She's would, not would have been competing. Second in the men's. She she's not be, competing this year. Yeah, she won't be competing okay. this yeah, year. She's, she's expecting her first child. Yeah, first child, so yeah. I think she's yeah, trying she, to eat a little healthier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she put, she put down a record forty-eight and a half hot dogs Jeez, last year. Wow. Second place in that contest, eighteen. 18. Yeah, yeah. You know, so th- these these people that are winning this thing, they really have no competition. And and so that that brings me to my my over under. They did Joey Chestnut over under on hot dogs he's going to have in this thing. I've seen two lines. I've seen it at seventy two and a half, and I've seen it at seventy three and a half. I'm picking under on both of them. All right. I just I, I think he has nothing left to prove. He broke his record last year. The competition is no isn't close to him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if, if nobody's pushing him, I don't see him having a reason to go that high. I think he'll end up at seventy one, maybe seventy two. Yeah. But I, yeah. I I don't see him getting to that record pace again. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Well, real quick, if he I base this on seventy hot dogs just for round numbers. Uh-huh. That's twenty thousand seven hundred and ninety calories. <sighs> Oh, bless. <laughs> That's in, a, in ten minutes. Uh, yeah, and, and sixteen hundred and eighty carbs. You oh, know, he's he's not a giant. Well, I mean, not a big if you look at a lot of these people that compete in these things, yeah. they're not like you know oversized, you know, right. large people. They're all you know in, in decent you know shape, you right. know, kind of smaller builds or whatever that do well. So it's. Yeah, you don't have to be, you know, the biggest man alive to eat all these hot dogs. So it's uh, crazy. Gonna be gonna be interesting. But uh, this, it's it, it, I found a, a stat, you know, a little bit of history that this 
this competition has actually been around longer than the Masters. Wow. Longer than the NBA, you know, championship, the finals. Hmm. <laughs> Even been around longer than the Super Bowl. Oh, this geez. thing started back in 1916. Wow. With geez. an Ireland immigrant winning the whole thing by the name of Jim Mullen, only consuming 13 hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Times have changed. And, and yeah. there was kind of a, a funny thing that it, it, it got started as a competition to prove who was the most patriotic? So, you know, you, you, you munch on some hot dogs, you eat as many hot dogs, you're the most patriotic, you know, man I know alive. Some of these people so, at Diamond Dog Night might uh, give them a run for their Yeah, run. so, yeah, tune in, you know, July 4th. Um, the, the women's competition starts first. It's at 11, yeah, 11 a.m. Yeah. 11 a.m., and then the men's goes on at 12.30. So, be interesting to see, you know, like like Matt said, that that kind of leaves it wide open in the women's division yeah. since the you know the the you know the champion or you know kind of the person. Is it even gonna be worth watching though if the person that put down forty some and everybody else is at eighteen or less? Yeah. It, it might make that, it that, a little, be close though. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be close. Make it more interesting that you know it'll be a little bit closer. You know, yeah, we, but I, I want to see some hot dogs. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, see yeah. eighteen right. in, ten, in ten minutes. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Like, Less than two a minute. Right, right. So, yeah, tune in. You know, this July 4th, you know, you got nothing else to do. Yeah. Watch watch some hot dogs. After, you, after you have your cookout and eat your hot dogs. All right, all right, right, very all good. Right. All right, well, we're going to come at you next week on Thursday, I think we decided. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, give us an extra day to get recovered from the long uh, holiday weekend and uh, review some sports. You know, we'll have a lot to talk about by then, the NHL and the NBA and uh, – Maybe we'll get into the um, uh, Olympics, a little bit of Olympics and some yeah. golf. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll look forward to next Thursday. And uh, this is the Fired Up Crew saying good night. <laughs>